When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We are still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said... Let's get this episode started. Okay, so Howler, I, you know, we had our big, um, big Bratwurst Festival here in Bucyrus, Ohio this weekend. Okay. Right. World, supposedly we're like, we were world one famous. Of the, world famous. We were one of the big, you know, the, the Bratwurst really? cap. Yeah, Bratwurst capital. You, at one time, there was like why, why, I mean, why there? Because you got a lot of Polish people or German people? or what, a, lot of, a lot of German people. And uh, at one time when I was a kid, I, there was like five Bratwurst makers. And there's some good good stuff. Like I vividly remember, you know, going through the middle of uh, – through Besires. Because Besires is a halfway point from Columbus going to Lake Erie. And on Friday night, you know, a lot of people are heading up to the lake. And I remember back in the 70s and maybe early age, old, uh, I think it was Bob's Bratwurst. Um, I can't remember the guy's last name, but he had a little restaurant there. But he had the cart on the side of the street, smoke, just, you know, building, he's cooking Bratwurst and people are pulling over, getting sandwiches on the way to the lake. I mean, it was kind of a, 
it's kind of a cool, cool memory to have, you know, cool memory to have at small town America sometimes has, but so we have this big bratwurst festival and it's pretty, I mean, it's big, it's, you know, our town's like 12,000 people and, um, there'd be like a hundred thousand people pile into town over three days. You know, I used to be the, the entertainment guy, do the entertainment. I did that for four or five years and anyway, but, but the big thing at the Bratwurst festival is the, uh, now I don't drink. I, you know, never had dropped a drink in my life, but, you know, we go up and you hang out at the beer garden for the Elks or whatever. And, right. um, you know, cause that's their big moneymaker. And, uh, but out, out, uh, on the East end of town, like where we, Christy and I would have to come home. It's an old Kmart parking lot and, uh, I, it's family farm or something, but there's like 15, it's a drunk checkpoint. Okay. Oh drunk, yeah. Drunk checkbook. So they're always pulling. And normally I don't have any problems, but our loyal listeners remember a couple, a uh, couple episodes ago, I only got one headline. So, so I just, I, you know, long story short, I had to go like the long way home because I didn't want to go back. Why didn't you just drive through it? And they they just walk up to the window and ask you for your. This is the way we used to do it. Now I haven't done one in a long, well over twenty years. They just say, can I see your driver's license, proof of insurance? That's what they do in Missouri. And then, generally speaking, in that interaction, when you're able to get your driver's license, proof of insurance, they determine if they think you've been drinking or not. And if you haven't, they just say, okay, get your headlight fixed. And because, you know, they got another guy behind you. So, well, but, but I, didn't want to, I didn't want to take the chance. I mean, I'd be like, maybe what chance if it's a, of what? What if it's a slow night? There's no drunks. And they're like, and well, we got to write gonna, it. They're going to they're gonna falsely accuse you of being drunk. No, this is no the, I'm thinking I'm going to get police, a no. not the FBI. They're not going to frame you. I think I'm going to get a no headlight ticket. That's what I think. I don't want to. No, it's not a moving violation. Have you ever, have you knew anybody got a ticket for no headlight? Ever. I don't know. Maybe nobody's dumb enough to have their headlight out as long as I. As I have so far, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, that I don't know. Be, I, I mean, if, if, I if guess, I, you I know what I'm asking. telling you, what now? I, if a, if a, if a, uh, I don't even know. I'm speechless at the thought of a police officer writing a ticket for no headlight. Now I've certainly stopped enough people for no headlights, but I always let them go if they're not, you know, doing anything wrong. Yeah, that's just a, that's just a you know probable cause to get in there and see what's going on and. You know, and then you let them go, right? But well, I wasn't a very good cop. I mean, I've told, I've told you the story. I wasn't a very good guy. I didn't write very many tickets. I didn't arrest a whole lot of people. I just I just drove around and waited for them to call me for something. <laughs> well, well, but my, what I can't figure out is, though, as I'm smart enough to drive around, at least I think, at least I thought I was until I told you this, that I, I know I don't have a headlight out, so I'm going to avoid that. Well, how many people, I mean, this has been going on for 10 years they got this checkpoint out there how many people do you think actually are have been drinking and go through that Dozens. are people are you <laughs> now they don't get the locals because you guys all know it but i mean think about a hundred thousand strangers coming there eating bratwurst man oh man all right right i, I mean it have to be you know i i i'm trying to think the last now i didn't work a lot of checkpoints i've been on a bunch of wolf packs, but I only worked one or two checkpoints. And uh, I worked the last checkpoint I worked with. I was about to say this guy's name, and I won't because he's a captain now. 
but at that time he was uh he might have been a corporal but he was certainly a trooper with me guy i grew up with pillar of the community um and it was about over and it, it totally I, I think there was 20 some of us down there and I, when you run a dwi checkpoint like the ozarks in the summertime it can get pretty busy right we arrested oh, yeah. 18 or 19 drunks by midnight oh my <laughs> yes so he walked up to this f-150 i vividly remember it was a it was a um it was a regular cab it wasn't really a regular cab you know how some of them fords have a real short window it was yeah, like yeah. an extended cab two-wheel drive ford f-150 that had one of those flat fiberglass bed covers on the side on the back of it you with me yep i'm with you and he and he it were at a t intersection and they have a giant like Winnebago command center at the bottom of the T, and me and him are on the top of the T. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what happens is, big lighted intersection, what happens is when people get there, they get a little freaked out because they don't know if it's a wreck. They don't, you know what I mean? They get a little freaked out as they're, as they're coming to a stop. See all so, the lights and everything. Yes. And they just, yeah. Yes. Now my buddy is is in on the striped line of a state highway. Now I am in the ditch. I think I'd been over in the bushes peeing or something, but because that's I couldn't figure out why I was coming out of the ditch. <laughs> so when he gets this truck stopped, okay, they're yeah. jacking around in the console and he starts yelling at him to show me your hands kind of deal. And this is 25 years ago before everybody shot everybody, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> the both passengers, the driver and the passenger are jacking around the console as pickup. I'm at the passenger side window. My butt, my buddy's at the driver's side window. And after about the third time that he said, let me see your hands, the guy didn't comply. In those days, it was hands-on. You know, nowadays they shoot your tase, you do kind of crazy stuff. But in them days, he reached in there and grabbed the guy. And what the guy had was... Um, a bag of weed, some some weed, and that's this is back when they cared about weed. And he had, I think, thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars, and they were just trying to stash all their stuff in the console of this F one fifty, right? Holy smoke, thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars. Well, it ended up being when we by the time, if I remember correctly, we ended up. So he, I don't know if he thought he was going to drive away, which is another thing back in the day. If you were at the window and they were going to drive away with you, you know how nowadays people, they pull out their gun and shoot the police. In, in my day, you just reached in the window and shut the ignition off. Even though the car's in drive, it won't, you can't pull the key out, but you can just shut the car off. So the first thing you do is reach in and shut the car off. So my buddy reaches in, shuts his car off, and then on, his, on the way, so you reach in, reach over, you shut the car off, and on your way, pulling your hand back out, you grab the selector and yank it up in to park on. And now sometimes if they're if they're moving a roll a little bit, it goes it breaks the parking ears. It goes click. Brrr, I mean, your mechanics don't know what I'm talking about. And then you reach in, open the car door, and you you introduce yourself to them. You know what I'm saying? So my buddy. <laughs> Good evening, is in, Good evening huh? sir. Good evening, sir. I'd yeah. Like so my there. buddy is reaching in, shutting the car off, pulling the truck off, pulling it in park, opening the car door, and pulling him out at the same time. And his in his kid on the passenger side they were college age kid 23 24 22 20, i don't remember i just remember they're both enrolled in college the kid on the passenger side 
I don't remember. I, for some reason, I thought he was going to try to climb over and take the truck or something. So I reached, I pulled the, the driver's side or the passenger side door out and I, you know, pulled him out. And by this time, you know, there's all these troopers around like a, pigeons at a potato chip or something because <laughs> they're all standing around this command post, right? And they're empty out and they all come over there. And, and so he had, uh, he ended up having 35 pounds of marijuana. I don't remember how much crack cocaine, which back in those days, crack was a big thing. Um, but interesting enough, so they had, we ended up charging them federally uh, in the district of uh, uh, southern Missouri, south Missouri, southwest Missouri, actually, because they had enough to get federal. So we ended up getting 30 some thousand dollars in cash. Uh, six or seven pounds, or thirty some pounds of weed, and 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 I don't remember how many ounces of cocaine and crack cocaine. But the most interesting thing I found. So we opened this. We're going to tow his stuff. We opened his his truck bed cap, and it was full. I mean, it looked like you dumped eBay out in it. <laughs> so I started going through all these receipts, right? Because that was a big thing that they had. I mean. They had like 30 some thousand bucks in the truck, and that's about what I was making a year, right? <laughs> exactly. And they're college they, kids. Yeah, and they're college kids. And I went through all these receipts, and they had spent 18,000 bucks since Friday night. This was Saturday night, Sunday morning, you know, one o'clock. And they had spent 18,000. They'd bought a jet ski, they'd bought new life jackets, they'd bought fishing rods, they'd bought tackle boxes, they'd bought coolers, they'd bought beer, they had bought, they had spent 18,000 clothes. I mean, they had because there's a big outlet mall down here at the lake. They had, you know, they spent 900 bucks at the polo store and 900 bucks at the Nike store, and you know, just just you just can't even imagine. And they had put it all in the bed of this F-150 and just closed the closed the lid. You know, they're just down there having a good time, and we screwed it up for them. <laughs> so, uh, so if he was he drunk? No, no. So. If, so if he hadn't been messing around with the dashboard, if he would have just yes, if he would have just kept his hands on the wheel and produced his driver's license, proof of insurance, we probably never would have. Now my partner was kind of aggressive. He searched cars. I wasn't a car searcher because they have, especially dopers' cars. You know, they got needles and you know tetanus rust and just all this you know chicken bones. You can't even imagine all the crap you find in the back <laughs> of a car. You know what I mean? I was on a stop, huh? Yes, so I didn't stop. I didn't search trash. I didn't, you know. I was like, I was trying to be a clean guy. Hey, I was on a traffic stop, not to switch gears here. I was a brand new trooper, and and a dude that worked in the adjoining zone. I was driving down the highway, and an older trooper on this U.S. highway, U.S. 54, he had stopped. It was a, it was, a, it was a pretty new. I think it was a Buick. I don't think it was a Cadillac, but it was like a Buick or an Oldsmobile. A, a, a you know like a year or two old car and he had this clean freak you know this immaculately addressed like salesman guy right yeah and his car was completely clean and i remember this trooper saying you ain't got nothing in the car you ain't got nothing in the car you ain't supposed to say no sir you ain't got nothing to hide you know blah 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 so you don't mind if we look he goes well, you can look i ain't got nothing and this guy looked over the trunk lid to me, and he doesn't hardly know me at all, right? I mean, we've seen each other, but I'm a rookie. He's been around. You know, we're wearing the same uniform. He goes, hey, get them Hardy's bags out of the floorboard and check them. 
and right in the back seat in the floorboard on the passenger side back seat there was two you know how like if you go to hardy's and you yeah. eat your food or whatever and you stuff your all your yeah. wrappings and your cup yeah. you know you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah it's, it's, it becomes the trash bag yeah and this dude had almost fifty thousand bucks and two hardy's bags stuffed in there thrown in the floorboard and a little later, and I said, what was that about? And he goes, do you see how clean that guy was and his car was? He wasn't going to throw trash in it like that. He would threw it out the rest area or, the, you know, guy that clean ain't going to drive around with trash in the floorboard. So, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, that's pretty good policing. Second of all, what he, was he doing with 50 grand? What, and what, is, I don't remember. Is there... He was doper. I don't remember. You know, who knows? He could have been a legitimate businessman. I don't remember, but. Mm -hmm. so so back in some so some places and i wasn't a big money caesar because so some of these people are big into and it's kind of gotten on a hot seat where they seize money they was in the news down here where if you're do if you're breaking the law especially if you're in possession of controlled substance like marijuana or cocaine or whatever and if you've got very much money they seize the money and make you prove where you got it does that make sense so so yeah you know if you got fifty thousand dollars for 35 you know most of them is just trash you know, 2,500, 3,500 bucks. These cops spend a lot of time seizing this money because they're, they're just messing around with mopes or whatever, you know, and they, you know, I, I, my numbers are a little different than the average street cop. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, <laughs> I, I've been with cops that wanted to seize 2,500 bucks from some alleged doper and you're going, dude, it's just 2,500 bucks. It ain't like he's got, you know, was that really any money? I mean, I knew all kinds of old farmers would reach in their bibs and pull out five, six thousand if they're going to a sale. Not think oh, nothing about it. I know, kidding. You know, no you know kidding. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I hey, look. I've heard of farmers going into buying a tractor or a truck and pulling out yeah. thirty, forty thousand in cash. Yeah. You know, and, and plopping yeah. it down. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, pull somebody over in Amish country. They're liable to have. A lot exactly. more than that. A lot yeah. more than cash. Exactly. Going to the bank. You know uh -huh. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, but but in theory, they they wouldn't be breaking the law. See, so there's usually there like in the state of Missouri, there's got to be a felonious component with just taking somebody's money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like they could just take anybody's money. But you know, I seen it not to not to go off even on a third tangent. But I was on a deal on a. Um, uh, uh, and I'm trying to pick my words here because I was in a counterterrorism role at that time, but there was a dude that they thought was sneaking something through the checkpoint and they thought it was, it was, uh, I don't know what they thought it was, but he was a Chinese national and he had 60 plus thousand bucks basically duct taped around him. Oh my. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, well, if you're duct taping it, you're probably trying to hide it, right? He was trying to hide it. And we, I was part of the crew that went over there to say, Hey, well, I was the stop. Me and one old FBI agent were the crew that, that pulled him out and said, What's going on? And you know, it's funny, he got me and this the guy he got was on the FCI, foreign FCI stands for foreign counterintelligence, uh, foreign counterintelligence guy with us. And I just remember this old dude saying, "Hey man, just tell us what's up, and and maybe we'll cut you some cut you loose or something like that." And he said he had opened a Chinese and he owned a Chinese restaurant, right? 
Okay. And and I mean, his first statement, he didn't come up with big stories. He didn't try to, you know what I'm saying? He said, I opened, I, 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 I moved to Omaha to open a Chinese restaurant. I borrowed the money from somebody. And I'm wanting to say New York, because I think he's flying to New York. And he said, I borrowed the money two years ago or whatever to open my restaurant. They loaned me the money in cash and I have to pay them back in cash. So I've taken a few hundred every week out of the register for two years or whatever. And I'm going back to pay my debt. And I didn't want to drive. So I thought I could sneak through. And I said, well, you know, after 9-11, you really can't sneak through. They get inked up. So we actually took his money along with that statement. And it wasn't a few weeks later, U.S. Attorney's Office, they give it all back to him because he had a tax ID number. He had a legitimate business. He it was legitimate proceeds. He just and had, you know, what's funny is if he had put it in a, if he would have put it in a bag and declared it. Now, theoretically, you only have to declare 10000 more than $10,000 when you're flying international. You don't have to declare it domestically. But had he went over to it with in a bag and checked it, not really checked it, but declared it right. Yeah. Declared it with that story. They probably wouldn't have took it in the first place. <laughs> oh man he had to be sweating for two weeks man he had to be sweating yeah like hey you know he's and i don't want to get too ethnic here but but um these chinese dudes yeah they sweat because they're used to disappearing i did a i did a and this is going back probably almost 30 years ago now i was i was a i was a this narcotics unit was doing a buy bust, you know, where they do a hand to hand buy. And when the car pulls out, we're going to take them down. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. And, and we know the parking lot. I'm in a marked car. If they go North, there's another dude hiding in a marked car. If they go South, this undercover dude rolls up, his car's got audio and video. And then there's some undercover dudes around or whatever. And three, 18, 19 year old kids, basically high schoolers, a little out of high school, buy two or three. It was a little big. I mean, it was two or three pounds of dope weed, but at that time it was a big, you know, two or three pounds of marijuana was a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but now it's just personal use with these potheads. But back in those <laughs> days, it was something. Um, and what? And when they went, to, what? <laughs> I was just, it's true. It's but go true. Ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, we went to, they went to pull out and I, I, man, I remember I had a Chevy Caprice and I remember rolling on in there with all my red lights on this other dude rolling red lights on. And, and I don't remember if I had my shotgun, I was real bad about pulling my shotgun out back in the old days. Cause it looked cool. You know what I mean? It just, that was the cool <laughs> thing to do in those days. Right. Yeah. Nowadays they roll around with AR-15s, but in those days. So anyway, I remember racking the shotgun. We had these kids out, told them to get on the ground, and they were 100% compliant. 100% compliant. The driver kind of talked back a little bit, but I racked the shotgun. We had them face down, and the kid from the back seat was bawling and pissed his pants. <laughs> okay. And and the the driver was talking. They were the driver was talking. I'm sorry, the front seat passenger. The doper was the driver. Front seat passenger was buddies with the driver. That was his cousin. Him and his cousin were speaking in, in Chinese. 
we separated him down in jail. And I mean, this kid, the Chinese kid from the back seat was flipped out. And the cousin said, you know, he just got here a month ago or six weeks ago. And he goes in China, they killed him. They they would have shot us in the parking lot. If they caught us with this much marijuana in China, they would have killed us in the parking lot. That's what's going on with him. And he said, he's not for sure. His parents and his family had to work so hard to get him here. They might kill him for disrespecting the family. Oh, geez. and we're like, is this for real? And he's because it's like that's that's a hundred percent, man. He thinks he said every time he hears that somebody, you know, because this we had an old jail at that time. Every time he hears one of them keys going that slot, he thinks you know you guys are going to put him against the wall. Oh so, my god! Yeah, of course the prosecutor knew all this was going on, and we, you know. The prosecutor was watching that uh, interview, this dude on, the, you know, he listened to these stories because what happens is, especially on, you know, sometimes out of boredom, sometimes we can ask the judge how it works. Sometimes anyway, <laughs> the, the, within an hour, the prosecutor said, hey, let that guy go. You got, we know who he is. Just let him go. <laughs> go ahead and change. You know, we never, heard, you know, he, he went on anybody's radar order, but I mean, so someplace in the world, they, they haul you out and kill you. So. Um, I don't know where I, I don't know what got me on that subject, but I've seen you know he's probably the freak houses person because most of <laughs> you go arrest some nineteen-year-old punk who's been selling weed his whole life. He bad mouths you, but you arrest a Chinese national and they about crap their pants. I, I was telling you about the guy at the checkpoint. So yeah, the Chinese are on a whole different different uh, guilt scale than the Americans. <laughs> Uh well, so circling all the way back around, imagine if I would have been rolling through a Chinese checkpoint with my headlight out. You probably wouldn't have had a car. I'd probably just taken my taken my car. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have had a car if you were there. Hey, you know, I got a Chinese story too. I I don't even know if I should tell this one, but I'm going to because that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Me and some of my counterparts worked in a uh uh I guess I. Counterterrorism role in support of different uh, national security events. One of those events is the was the Beijing Olympics. Okay. okay. And we had all these case briefings on if you were going to, because some people actually got went to China, and I didn't go to China. I stayed here, but but some of the, my coworkers went to China and did that side of it. Okay. Yep. And we had all these briefings, so everybody had a briefing that might go. Does that make sense? So the people that were going had to go, and then the backup people had to go to these briefings. So one of the briefings was you could be under surveillance. Out of every four guys, only one of them took their phone. I don't think we had iPhones at the time. I think we had Blackberries, but whichever it was, right? So everybody... So if it was like me, you, Jason, and a judge going, one of us would bring our phone, but the other three people had to leave our phone back in America. Right. Yeah. So you. if any of us used, you know what I mean? So that way it was just, it was compartmentalized or whatever. So yeah. my, my buddy went through this great length to pack his bag exactly right. Cause when he checked in his hotel room, he's going to go down in a hotel restaurant and get a bite to eat or drink or whatever he's going to do. And he had a couple little pieces of scotch tape at different places on different pairs of pants. And the way he stacked his bag, that way he could tell he'd been watching too many James Bond movies. That way he could tell if somebody rifled through his stuff, rifled through his stuff. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah. Did he put the those hair? Guys, put hey, the hair on the door. <laughs> yeah, those guys come back from the restaurant bar or whatever they're doing, and their bags were unpacked and all their clothes were were laid out on the bed. The Chinese didn't give a shit if you knew that they went through it or not. <laughs> it just they just went... unpacked it. <laughs> <laughs> And that wasn't part of room service? That was no, just... I don't know. What do you think of that? <laughs> they just unpacked. Yeah, they don't care. Like, what are you going to do? Like, Yeah, what are you going to do? Call somebody on your one phone? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. That's the world, well, man. It's, 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 uh, you're not in, what do they say? You're not in Kansas anymore, now what she says. That's you're not in Kansas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.